welcome to another episode of the UXR Minds podcast. And I've got a, a very interesting um, guest on today, uh, Julian de la Martia. Uh, if you're active on LinkedIn, maybe you've come across him, especially in the research field. Uh, he's got a lot of experience um, as a UX researcher, uh, but probably more recently in the research ops field. Um, he loves talking about it. He loves uh, helping uh, UX researchers, especially uh, lone UX researchers or researchers that um aren't working with a big team to help set up their research operations through recruitment, uh, all the way through to presenting uh, results from research. So it's a really interesting conversation uh, that I had today with him. So looking forward to sharing this. So sit back, enjoy, and let's get into this episode. Before we do get into today's episode, I just want to turn your attention to something that has helped me a lot. Uh, now, there are many tools out there. Um, obviously, we want to focus on leveling up our research skills and how we use method, different methodologies in research. But tools do help us to maybe be more organized. And something that has helped me a lot is Notion. Uh, now, I'm writing a blog uh, about how Notion has helped me uh, organize my research better, how it's even helped me create a portfolio, how it has even helped me uh, to share my research uh, through a team. So I just wanted to give a heads up to that. I'll be sharing a link uh, below uh, the sharing of this episode on social media. So be sure to check that out. Um, it is an affiliate link. So if you guys do sign up, it will help support uh, the running of this podcast. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up about that. And I'll also be sharing the blog link very soon with you guys. So keep your eyes peeled and let's get into today's episode. Okay, so I'd like to welcome uh, Julian onto the podcast today. It's uh, it's really nice to get him on. I've been following Julian for a while on LinkedIn and the resources and things he shares have always been beneficial for me. So I'm really happy to get you finally on here. Um, so do you want to maybe just give a, a bit of an introduction into who you are, maybe kind of your background, where you're from and kind of how you've got to where you are now? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. We've been chatting for some months now, and it's great to be in the podcast. So, um, Julian, I am a researcher specialized in research shops. So, I'm that kind of person that likes building teams and practices from scratch, and I decided to specialize on that. I've been working as a researcher for around seven years, and I actually started off as a product manager. Uh, and then I, 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 I moved to research and, and the reason I'm, I, I decided to specialize in this and, uh, is, to, is because I started research being the first research at a company, then the following one, I was the second hire, then another one, I was the first again. So my career is kind of like marked with those experiences. Maybe just in, in, my, in my last experience at Q.com, the team was already built. But normally I join quite early in the game, so at some point I, I notice, you know, okay, once might be chance, twice, okay, maybe, <laughs> but three times if, if I pick those kind of gigs, I mean, there's something to it. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I said, okay, we need to maybe face this and actually, you know, uh, take it as a, as a, as a, as a, as a 
part of my profile and part of because I actually end up picking up the skills and the knowledge for building teams and practices. Uh, Mm-hmm. at the beginning playing it by year and then learning and then polishing and so so this is how how I decided to go this way I'm, I'm based in Barcelona in Spain okay but I've been living in different countries in Germany Italy Argentina I'm, I'm originally from Argentina okay um, yeah because I saw the Italian names I wasn't sure if it's Italian or I know there's a lot of like Italians in Argentina <laughs> Yeah, well, my dad was Italian, so I'm, I'm actually okay. half okay. Italian. I lived in Italy as a kid too, so... Ah, cool. Which part There's of Italy, out of curiosity? Near Venice. Uh, yeah. Trevi- it's a city called Treviso, it's near Venice. Ah, okay. One hour, yeah. one hour away. Another one. I'm in Turin, so... The other nice. side of Italy, but yeah, I know it. That's cool, nice. that's cool. You mentioned before that you were... So you were in product design before, product management before, before moving into research. Product management, yeah. Product management, okay. So what what made you transition over was it like just a particular interest in research or when you were obviously working in product management did you notice that research would be something more up your street based on personality or something or was it something else i would say a mix of all those things and in my experience what was happening when i was a product manager is that i actually was pretty keen on the talking to customer part uh I mean, now we have this thing, okay, who, who should be talking to customers, all the discussions in the research and the public world. But, um, you know, back then I was pretty inspired by, by Steve Blank, Marie Kagan and, and all these authors and, mm-hmm. and this part of getting out of the building and do, do this customer, customer development or customer discovery and the things was, okay, I want to I, I wanna go out and, and test my ideas and, and also find out what they actually need. Mm. Um, so at that point, I, I'm using test my ideas in like on purpose. <laughs> I know as a researcher, this shouldn't be the the, the proper terms, but but anyway, you know the concept's still mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. So at some point, I noticed that from during my day, I actually kind of shifted my my workload towards this this part of the of the job. I was mm-hmm. not really happy in Jira, you know what I mean? I was not yeah. really happy with uh, Another one. <laughs> with planning and sprints and all the things and, and and I really enjoyed this part. So at some point I said, okay, I need to become better at this. Yeah. How can I become better at talking to customers? How do I mm-hmm. become better at interviewing? How do I actually craft, I don't know, surveys or like try different methods of, of uh, yeah. to actually learn what I wanted to learn. So at some point, you know, one thing led to the other. So, so okay, there's a thing called UX research or research. Uh, so how about we, we go this way? So then I got a really messy role in, in, in an agency. Oh, more, more than an agency, a designers collective. So a group of designers and, and researchers that were doing work together. So kind of like a collective of freelancers, okay. so to say. Uh, and there it was a mix of design sprints that I actually knew how to do. Also, mm-hmm. a skill that I picked up while as a product manager, and mm-hmm. uh, I tried to you know, squeeze in some research. Okay. So, so yeah, at the beginning, I only did research around the design sprint, and then I tried to also combine like okay, larger research projects and then a sprint. So everything w- would revolve around the sprint anyway. Okay. Um, okay. So, that's and cool. from there, yeah, I'm from there fully to research, and I started to do less sprints and more research, and that gradually. Okay. 
So it's more like a, a gradual process, kind of as you kind of learned the research trade, you kind of moved over. That's cool. It's also nice to get the perspective of a transition also within already being in the field or already ha having a job related to research. Because like from my experience and I know many others, the transition over comes from outside, like from a, a maybe a totally unrelated field. So it's also nice to get that perspective when, yeah, product designer or even a UX designer wants to make that transition over. Did you, did you find it difficult? Did you meet kind of any let's say, I don't know, resistance maybe on your part, maybe things that you found difficult to learn or to implement, or did you find it quite like, maybe a smooth transition over without any real challenges? Well, I think there's no, there's never like a clean cut. And especially if you yeah. work in something, in something like this, I mean, it's not that, <clears throat> that I was, uh, I don't know, a doctor or a lawyer yeah. or maybe doing something completely <laughs> unrelated. Sure. So at some point, I think, you know, I was already talking to customers as a product manager, so, mm -hmm. you know, it was not, not such a big change to then my other roles. Then I started to face other challenges and then I started to face other things and then I need mm -hmm. to work on other things. For example, when you're building a practice, yeah, all the things you need to set up, all the, maybe the, the if you want the politics that you need to deal with, mm -hmm. also kind of spreading the word of, What's research about? How should you use research? Uh, understanding what's the what's what are the needs from the from the team um, and all the things. Maybe this this are things I kind of started added on on that. Uh, yeah. But, but I would not say it was uh, it was um, like a really strange transition or okay. or, or something hard. Yeah. Know. Okay. That's cool. How long did it take you maybe to go from product manager to like a fully fledged UX researcher or UX or research op? Sorry. Well, research ops is some is, is another layer. If you want, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe because research ops. Uh, I mean, we can get to that after that. But um. Sure, sure. But um. To have the first researcher title. Uh, because when I was at this collective, I was doing research and, and I would call, I would be either a facilitator or a researcher depending okay. on the situation. But so. then to have, I would say that the transition was confirmed when I got the, the first UX researcher title, so yep. to say. Because that was then, it was my, like, defined yeah, scope. Role. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that was about a year and a half. Okay. Two, two years. Okay. But, okay. In, in, but as I said, there's no clean transition because I was doing no. a lot of that. Yeah, yeah you're and already research, Yeah, and then research jobs, uh, that kind of comes later somehow. Mm -hmm. First of all, when I realized that research jobs actually is the thing, and yeah. because for me it was only okay, I need to build the practice, I need to build the team. Yeah. So, so all the things around the research that are not the research itself, for mm. me, there were things, you know, they were like, <laughs> sorry for the, like the, <laughs> yeah, the, it's a fuzzy label, you know, they're just, you know, um, <laughs> but then I started realizing there's this thing called research jobs and then learning and, and implementing things. So I've never, since, since I started, I never had a, a research jobs title till okay. I decided to create my agency. Okay. So yeah. my, my approach and my connection with research jobs is basically uh, using uh, or implementing research jobs and working on research jobs from the 
you know, first UX researcher in the team perspective or the second researcher in the team perspective. So that kind of thing. It's not that I, I, I worked as a research ops uh, specialist or manager somewhere. It's something mm-hmm. that skills that I picked up uh, also by because I needed them. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. So like you learned out of out of need. <laughs> no, no. Cool. Um, maybe touching on that a bit more because I'm the first and only UX researcher where I'm working now. Um, maybe there are some listeners as well. So, what, what advice or, yeah, what advice would you would you give to someone who is the first UX researcher? Maybe even early on in their career, because maybe obviously you're applying for for roles, your your first role, and maybe you're offered that role, and you are the first UX researcher. So, what tips or, yeah, tips and advice would you give to someone who's the first UX researcher? Okay, so. No, it's a big I, question, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's a really good one. Great question. Um, first of all, it's a great question because I think this is the situation many people are facing and many people will face in the upcoming years, so to say. Yeah. I mean, we are in this phase of research adoption. I mean, yeah, we can, we can also discuss that, yeah, there have been layoffs and maybe companies are investing less. But I yeah. think this is kind of, a, in my perspective, the way I see it, at least here in Europe, maybe in the US is different. I, I'm not like fully, fully knowledgeable of, of how the situation in the US, but here in Europe, what I see is that I see first researchers popping up everywhere and, and, and larger research teams shrinking. Mm. I think this is kind of a, a, a redistribution of the resources. We're yeah. talking like economic models, but uh, <laughs> but I, I definitely see it going this way. Mm. So many people will face this. Uh, I would say the the flavor of a first UX research role is slightly different than when you join a team that is a bit more established and a little bit more mature. Yeah. And and there are many things to consider. Um, first of all, I, I would say that. Uh, People need to understand that they are not, or they should not just dive right away into the research mm-hmm. and understand the context a little bit more. Yeah. So, I mean, when you are the first researcher, you need to maybe advocate for research or champion research. Or mm-hmm. Research is about how to use it. Understand yeah. the needs. Okay, what kind of? Because ultimately, we our role is to help teams. You know, de-risk things, de-risk, or, or help you know make make them better decisions. Mm-hmm. So maybe understand how this, how are you informing, or how are these decisions being informed? How are people taking based on what are people taking decisions, and how can you help? You know, start the other way around. Mm-hmm. So so um, it's important that you, when you are the first researcher, you just don't say, okay, now I go and do the next usability testing or do the the next. Uh, you know, set of interviews or whatever. You know, this is not yeah. just that, and and you need to kind of understand that the, um, there also requires a lot of operational stuff. Mm-hmm. So how do you set up the practice? What are the things you need to put in place? Uh, mm-hmm. And in many cases, what these researchers might face is that maybe you have a model where you have other people doing some research. Yeah. Maybe have designers doing some research or product managers. So what I would normally advise is, okay, you don't need to now centralize everything in you, but actually is okay, how can you then chip in and kind of collaborate or, or help this structure perform better with mm-hmm. your research knowledge? 
So instead of being the oracle that knows everything <laughs> and he's like, okay, I am the one who was meant to talk to customers and you peasants, you're not, you know, this kind of approach, which I, I'm yeah. very against. No, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would go more, okay, how can you actually create um, a better learning environment using your research yeah. knowledge? Yeah. No, no, that's, uh, I, I like that that take as well, kind of. Also making sure that research is also accessible for, for all within the, in the team. Uh, that's something that I've wanted to do where, where I am now at, at SkyFi is make sure that, yeah, it's accessible, that also now, like, I'm on a research study and allowing, like, people from various teams also to sit on in it, sit in on interviews or go through recordings or whatever as a team um because yeah that way yeah like you say we're we're not the oracle and everything has to go through the ux researcher that also they can see kind of where you're getting your data from where you're getting your feedback from and also seeing the process and that's one way of also for me like you said before like championing uh ux research because that way it's not a yeah, this thing that's hidden away and then just throws out outputs every so often like oh yeah i found this go away and like do this based on these recommendations but allowing them to see the whole ux pro uh, ux process and research process and then no absolutely I, I agree um and in terms of that as well how do you see the ux research field going kind of from now you meant you touched on it before about you're seeing a lot more in europe especially like sole UX researchers working in, in agencies and teams, etc. Do you see that trend continuing or do you feel that there's going to be a change again in the near future? I think there are many things happening in the research world right now. Uh, and I think that us, as a, as a group of people, I don't want to say as an industry, but as a group of people, we are also also reconsidering how our role should be. And there are many voices pointing, or many many people pointing in different directions. Mm. So so, and it will also depend. I think it's good that we have different paths. Uh, I think that as as researchers, if you want, I don't want to say industry, but as a group of people, we are reconsidering a bit, especially during the last year. What's our role? What's our value? What's our how do we position ourselves? Uh, within or inside a company. Um, from my perspective, at least here, I, I do see that trend of first researchers popping up, and and I don't I see like team, large teams shrinking and smaller teams popping up, and mm -hmm. and this might produce that or make might cause that researchers need to have a different approach to mm -hmm. to the role. And maybe this is connected to my previous point. Instead of just acting, okay, as the you know, as the oracle, maybe as a, as an enabler, mm -hmm. okay, that maybe we have. Uh, I don't want to talk about. I will use the word democratization, but in some cases, you know, this is just it's beyond that. It's not that you have a research team and then you democratize and mm. yeah, this happened in many companies that were large and you have ten researchers and then democratize more people. But mm -hmm. in many companies where you have no research. Well, research is done, if it's done, which is, I mean, let's let's start with, if they do any research, that's that's a good start, but maybe it's done by other stakeholders. Yeah. So if you are the first researcher or you have a team of two, you know, the then you need to work more as an enabler mm -hmm. and kind of step up the game and set a standard, you know, and, mm -hmm. and kind of maybe, maybe help them uh, increase the quality of what they do and also help them, you know, with the, take the, 
I, I, I really like, uh, I, I know if you know him, Dr. Ari Zelmanov. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has great stuff and he always uses this, this analogies and, he, you know, he, we need to be the ones taking the evidence to court, you know, yeah. and then saying, okay, questioning, is this the, the right way to do this? Is this, you know, is this more valuable to this? And then what's important to the business and the company? Yeah. So I would not, I would not worry about this, you know, Mm. Uh, this trend of other people doing some sort of research, you know, data collection can be uh, done by yeah. others in Absolutely. cases where you don't have enough human resources. So mm. our role needs to change. So how can we become this maybe enabler, this glue of everything? You know? Yeah, that's a nice, a nice way to put it. Yeah, and um, in terms of that as well. So how do you? I don't know. Maybe in your own role or your own experiences. How do you do that enabling? Is it by, I don't know, including various stakeholders in kind of the decision-making process with maybe how you go about research? Is it um, going along with them and including them in a specific research task? How, how would you suggest going about that? Well, that, that would depend a little bit on the context and, and the organization, but uh, there are many things, there are many places where you can, you can actually chip in. So, on one side, you do have this, okay, how are you doing this? First of all, what's the reason why you're doing this? What are you trying to learn? Kind of helping them like shift yeah. a little bit the mindset. Sometimes, mm -hmm. especially people who are not specialized in research or don't have enough research experience, they just think of the method, you know, the tool instead of the, yeah. the actual use. <laughs> so this is where you can where you can chip in, also understand, okay, what are the cadence? We're doing stuff, what, what, is, the, what is the reasoning? Uh, you, you can also help connect all these things, uh, you know, insights from different teams because you have insight producing teams. Maybe you have um, teams, you know, with insight producing team, I mean, teams that have a customer touch point. So it could be, I don't know, customer support, customer experience, sales, you name it. So how can you connect insights from all these teams? Yeah. Then if there are teams conducting research, how can you actually, you know, uh, get, for example, get them users, uh, mm -hmm. the right users and, and kind of seeing where you can create value because if you just focus I mean of course you, you you also meant to conduct some research of course you know you have different you have different boxes you should put some that now you should be because what I'm describing now to many people in my town okay that sounds like a research jobs position <laughs> uh, indeed it is a pretty like research jobs heavy position yeah. you know because you as a, as a so research unless you just want to create very little value which is doing just hands-on work you need to change the way you you, you approach the mm -hmm. the role. So so yeah, but you're also meant to conduct some research. Uh, so I would say I don't know 30, 70, 75, 25, something like that. But kind of trying to what I mean with enabler is helping or or, or pushing the company. Well, pushing maybe is a bit too aggressive. So let's use uh, <laughs> gently push. Uh, gently taking the company or helping the company make better decisions yeah. and learn more about the user, the problem space and the business. Yeah. So how can you actually step up the game in terms of how can you help everybody learn more and be mm. make more informed decisions in the long run. Yeah. Basically. No, I like that. I like it. It's a nice a nice way to do it. So yeah, I've, I've never really looked at it like that as well. I suppose being the sole UX researcher, you do have that responsibility as well to help the whole company kind of come on board with, with research and maybe not come on board but help them to see the value and also to allow them in their various roles because 
like you said, um, like there are various teams that have customer touch points or user touch points and get feedback, but maybe they don't know how to to interpret that feedback or they don't know where it should go and it just kind of lives or sits somewhere unused. Whereas that could obviously be really valuable to a UX researcher to, to help find obviously trends, patterns, user kind of sentiments and things like that. So that's really good. Uh, it's a nice, some nice answer for us to, to consider. So um, maybe we can end it here. I've, I've really enjoyed having you on, Julian. I don't want to take up all of your day <laughs> doing this recording, but it's really nice to have you on and also get a different kind of perspective as well, because so far we've had UX designers on, we've had UX researchers. You are UX researcher. It's nice to also have that kind of ops <laughs> viewpoint as well. I've never kind of really spoken to a research ops professional. So it's nice to get you on and kind of get that as well. And I've learned a lot and I hope also our listeners have learned a lot too. Thanks for having me. It was great talking to you. No problem, no problem. Thank you.